Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the podcast, Beautiful You, I'm your host, Avindra. Today we have a wonderful guest with us. Andrew is a mental health advocate based in the United States. Graduated from the University of Miami and Rutgers University, he's currently a certified high school counselor and an educator. He was diagnosed with bipolar 1 with psychosis, PTSD and OCD. He's currently living sober for roughly 800 days and he's now a proud husband and a dad of two. Welcome, Andrew, to the podcast. I'm so, so, so stoked to have you here. How are you doing? Appreciate, appreciate, appreciate you having me today. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, like we spoke about earlier, you know, for me personally, uh, summertime is more danger zone for me, you know, from probably, I would say, June through September. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, quote, unquote, like my worst months, but uh you know, then the time change and the weather changing a little bit, um, you know, just P's and Q's all the time. Yeah. So uh, even in one of your videos, you had mentioned something about P's and Q's. How do you maintain, what exactly is that? How do you, you know, keep yourself going in those moments? Um, I think the biggest thing for me is uh, constantly educating myself. Um. I don't believe in, I don't believe in being stagnant. You know, everything's okay. Um, I mean, I just, I just wasn't raised that way. So, you know, regarding, you know, whether it's goals in life or just wanting to be better, you know, that, that goes with my recovery as well. So I'm never, I'm never comfortable. I don't know if that's the right word. You know, I'm just always looking to grow and stay motivated in that sense you know like i just said more than just life you know my recovery as well so okay to start off with your first instagram post itself uh talks about how you were diagnosed with bipolar one and how you wanted to talk about it from a male perspective could you elaborate on so for the listeners who don't understand what bipolar one is could you tell us a bit about that and also you know from a male perspective like what it is like being a man with a diagnosed with bipolar. Yeah, so I think when I, I think that might have been one of my first posts, but you digging, you went way back. Yeah. Um, I just felt like, well, first of all, the to me, it, uh, um, whether layman terms or simple definition, bipolar one to me is more. You know, there's a lot of different versions with bipolar one. I would say is um, more uh, the mania side. Um, I mean, it's, you could explain it so many different ways, but, you know, I would say one being, you know, mania is more, uh, more prevalent, you know, where hypomania and depression is more uh, too, but, you know, it's just a lot, you know, I'm more at risk for uh, the mania side. Um, But I think when I, I think I wrote that regarding the mail, perspective i just felt like when i started my account um i felt like i was seeing so many um uh women accounts um and i just felt like i didn't see a lot of males so probably when i when i wrote that you know just wanted to uh attract you know i guess you could say males and, and stuff and 
and just give it a different outlook. You know, obviously I'm a male. So, um, yeah, that was, yeah, you, you dug deep on that one. So, yeah, that, that was a while back. That was probably, you know, two plus years ago. And actually, I, uh, it's always funny to me. Well, not funny, but when I started that account, I was full-blown hypomanic. Um, now it was weeks before my last hospitalization. So, you know, it was, you think back of, you know, what you did and how you started things up and yeah, it was just, it was on the verge of something bigger. So. Okay. Um, I do want to get into your hospitalization and your experience with it. But before that, I would like to dwell a little bit more about um, your journey. At what age were you diagnosed with epilepsy? I'm sorry, you broke out. Can you repeat that? At what age did you uh that were you diagnosed with bipolar? I I just turned twenty nine. Mm -hmm. Um, like I mean, not even a week. I was diagnosed a week after my twenty ninth birthday. Um, but yeah, I would say my onset, looking back at things, was probably seventeen years old. Um, just certain things had happened, you know, my junior, senior year in high school. And, you know, I've talked about before they, um, doctor had diagnosed me with Epstein-Barr and that's, uh, like a more serious form of mono. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just having conversations with people, you know, saying the worst I ever felt for two weeks and then the best I ever felt for a week. You know, I remember saying that word for word to my older brother um but yeah just 12 years later and then finally everything comes full steam and you know that was i just turned 36 last month so that was you know seven ish years ago okay do you think things might have been a little different if you were diagnosed earlier uh, this is definitely a topic i've uh spoken about before mm -hmm. i I genuinely believe that if I was diagnosed around that time, I don't think I would have, education-wise, I don't think I would have achieved, you know, my bachelor's, my master's. I just don't think uh, that route would have happened for me. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing. Um, yeah, just looking back, like, I just don't see it happening. And I, and I don't know if it's a knowing what I went through when I was 29 years old, just diagnosed um, seven years ago. I just feel like I just don't think it would have happened. You know, I really don't being 17, 18 diagnosed. And I just don't think it would have happened for me. Education-wise is probably the biggest thing I could say. In what way do you think? That's interesting, actually, because I was diagnosed with bipolar when I was 17. And if anything, I'm glad, I kind of glad for the most part that I got the diagnosis early on. Because regardless of the diagnosis, the onset has already begun, right? So mm -hmm. getting the answers as to, oh, this is what is happening. And then um, getting awareness, getting yourself educated on that. It helps me manage bipolar well. And it's interesting that you say um, that you wouldn't have, it would have affected your education had you been diagnosed earlier. And mm -hmm. how do you think like getting a diagnosis would have impacted uh your career or your education in that sense yeah i just at, at 29 with my first hospitalization i felt like i was open to learning 
you know, and and to be aware of why what's going on. And I just don't think that knowing what I was at that age, I don't think it would have went well. Just, you know, I was a heavy drinker already at that age. Um, just everything that I just, that's just in, in my heart. I just don't, I don't think I would have uh, embraced it the way that I should have, the way that I did when I was 29. So okay. for me, it's, it's a blessing in disguise for me. Okay, that makes sense. It's like everyone is going at it at their own pace and, you know, you get to the acceptance of your diagnosis at a particular age. So, it makes complete yeah. sense. You uh, were, also been, were also diagnosed with OCD and PTSD alongside bipolar. So, how do you manage um, all three of them? Can you tell us a bit about it? Yeah, it's, it's sometimes, you know, one's beating me up one day or you know, I'll have days, you know, just all of it, all at once, you know, just some days are really, really hard, you know, when it comes to, you know, PTSD, you know, whether my, my three different hospitalizations or just childhood trauma, you know, I had experience when I, when I was a little boy, um, you know, and, you know, you throw... For me, I like to explain it that, you know, being bipolar one is one thing. And then you throw in the flashbacks and, and all of that regarding PTSD and so many other things. But I would probably say my, I'm not going to, I don't like comparing, but, you know, for me, if I have to compare the three, I would say I, right now in this moment, I struggle the most with OCD. Mm. Um, it's just I've been learning so much more you know, about it and, you know, your thoughts, compulsions, and it's just, it's absolutely relentless. Um, I feel like it doesn't, you know, it really annoys me when people talk, oh, you know, so you're super neat, you're super ordinary, like, like, <laughs> like absolutely clueless. That's, that's just a little piece of it, if that relates to you. Um, but yeah, just the combination of all three, it's, it's a lot, you know, it really is. And actually, I was, my first hospitalization, I was diagnosed um, just bipolar one with psychotic tendencies. And then I want to say three years later, mm -hmm. I was diagnosed on top of that with PTSD and OCD. Um, but I kind of, I don't know, kind of knew the OCD piece already. Um but yeah, it's different when, you know, it's, you know, quote unquote official. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot when you throw all that together, just like anything else, you know, whether you have one diagnosis or three or four or five, you know, you it's, it's not easy regardless. So, Of course, yes. Um, managing bipolar is a challenge of its own. So it's like you said, throw in, you know, more of it flashbacks and OCD in it. It makes it a little bit harder what are your some of your uh like priorities or essentials to manage all three together to manage all three yeah you know you met you had mentioned before we you hit the button to record routine you know i always talk about rag you know routine awareness and gratitude you know i could talk about that for a while but probably my number one thing in my life is my routine Mm -hmm. um just 
you know, obviously every day is different, but there's certain things I do that, you know, it's routine. Like it's, you know, the way I wake up, get ready, walk out the door, like everything, you know, and yeah, in a way for me, it's that feeds into my OCD as well. You know, the, you know, I had learned, done some research. There's a, I could be wrong with the number. There's like 12-ish themes of, of OCD mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, stuff you would never even think of. But I've always uh, gravitated towards order, you know, having control of everything in order. And you could talk about organization and all this, but doing certain things to feel like you have control of your life. Um, but yeah, it's a routine, you know, that kind of keeps me, holds it all together, but you know, it's also, uh, a disadvantage in the same, same token because it's feeding into my OCD, but I try to use it as more, more positive for me. Cause that's, you know, I don't do well with OCD then everything goes to crap. So. Sounds like a lot. Um, thank you for sharing that with us. So you mentioned awareness, gratitude, and routine. I love that. Uh, thank you so much yeah. for sharing. You mentioned that you were at a hospital. The first time you were hospitalized, it was because of bipolar with psychosis. So how was your experience? Like, how was the first time being hospitalized? And then you also mentioned three months, three years later that happened. Was that the last, the most recent one? Or did, were there more hospitalizations that occurred? Yeah, so... I've had three total. Um, got me thinking. Um, the first one was September of 2016. Um, full-blown manic episode um, that lasted. I was hypomanic for months, but full-blown manic, I would say I don't know, four or five days. Um, but no, super dangerous, you know, from, you know, I talked about before being at an airport during uh, the anniversary of 9-11, a full psychotic break, um, you know, thinking, you know, hotel room thinking I'm God, you know, legitimately th- thinking I'm God in that moment. You know, cops, it was a lot, you know, it's, there's a lot of flashbacks involved with that. You know, my life could have been very different if I wasn't hospitalized at the time that I was. Um, but yeah, going in there and, you know, I remember a lot. You know, people have told me that they don't remember a lot. I remember a lot. Um, and just being inside the unit and a lot of, a lot of flashbacks and memories I have regarding that specific time and all of them. Um, But just coming out and just, you know, having an answer, you know, is finally, you know, I have an answer of why my whole life I've been a certain way or the way that I've done things or operated. Um, And it was, it was hell on earth for a few years. And, but from that hospitalization, I think it was five months later, I was hospitalized again, my second time for uh, suicide ideations. Um, 
you know, again, you know, just a different experience. Um, it's being a zombie, you know, just trying to trying to survive. You know, I was like that for years, just not realizing why I was doing certain things. And you think about it later on, you reflect back. I was just trying to stay alive um, and not knowing, you know, that's real depression or, you know, you're having suicide ideations or, you know, in between, like in between probably three or four years, I don't know, it's, it's tough to pinpoint all, all those feelings, but from the second time to the third time, um, my last one was August of 2021. Um, yeah, that was again a full blown manic episode. Um, that one, I'll always describe that one as the toughest one. Um, I was, I was super angry. Um, the best way I could describe it is thinking I was doing everything right. And I still ended up in the hospital. Um, very, uh, impactful. Just, uh, you know, at that point, you know, I had two kids, you know, the first time I didn't have any, um, you know, the first two times I didn't have any, my son was just born in April and I was hospitalized in August. Um, and he's, he's my second. And, uh, yeah, that was, that one, you know, that a lot of soul searching in that last one and, you know, really coming to terms that even though I felt I was doing everything right, you know, it just, I needed to change things. I needed to do it better. And, you know, sobriety got thrown into the mix and, you know, we say that it's it's not the answer, but it's it's part of the puzzle and gratitude and just, yeah, I'm very, uh, I respect, you know, the power of all the diagnosis and, you know, I know it could take me out, you know, whenever it wants. So that's why, you know, I'm not, I'm never comfortable, like I mentioned before. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know that even, you know, someone like me, you know, big, strong, whatever, whatever, however you just me in general, that it's stronger. So I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go down without a fight and I'm not going to let it be easy, you know, to be hospitalized again or even go down that route or yeah, it's, I've always said number four is not happening, but reality is, is, you know, it could. So yeah, it's, it's a lot between those three hospitalizations and, you know, it's not somewhere where I would want to <laughs> go back to even to just to get better. You know, I would, I would definitely be fighting that all the way, but you know, it's, it's our reality. It sounds a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. For blown manic episodes. I really like what you talked about how it's part of the puzzle and not the answer. That is so true when looking at the bigger picture, um, because the hospitalizations or the experiences that we go through, we often just look at it for for them, the recovery, the heal, the part where you know people say healing isn't linear is genuinely so true. Recovery part of it is an ongoing battle that you have to fight that you have to fight every single day. That you have to show up for yourself every single day. And the key to it lies in the routine and the daily habits that you inculcate. Uh, I'm genuinely I, I hope you're in a better place now and um you know I do hope that 
the hospitalizations don't occur anymore that you only have free and that's it um mm-hmm. it does sound a lot and yeah, yeah it's i like the part i'll take it with me from this episode where you talk about it's part of the puzzle and not the answer yeah. Yeah. so one of the other things that i wanted to ask you is you talk about being a high functional person like you, you seemingly are a high functional person despite all the diagnosis that you have what does it mean to be a high functioning person and what does it feel like you know feel like someone who's a high functioning considering you're classified as an as such an individual yeah i think there's more i know a lot of people could relate to this um I feel like those not in our community they have this picture mm-hmm. of what mental illness should look like and what it does look like and you know i've man i've i've come across i've spoken to so many people that you know you would never know you know you legit would have are clueless mm-hmm. and uh you know i feel like i'm one of those people and i'm i'm pretty honest you know working at my school, you know, and, and I've spoken to staff and, and, and I even, I run a, like a life skills mental health group for juniors and seniors and I'm, I'm and I'm open about it. Mm. Um, but you wouldn't know, you know, and a lot of people, if I say it, they like, they just look, you know, surprised, they're shocked. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I know me saying that out loud, you know, a lot of people could relate to that and, and just, you know, for me, the the struggle for me when it comes to that is that, yes, you know, I'm X, Y, and Z, I've accomplished this, blah, 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 but that doesn't, that doesn't make it any easier. Um, you know, I just feel like there's a lot of stigma you know, behind all of it in general, you know, what it should look like, you know, whether people are all the time in in psychiatric units or homeless or, you know, and it's, you know, of course that's, that's the true reality, but they're, you know, people that are, you know, super high functioning and you would never know and they struggle immensely. Um, You know, during my you know, as of right now, most difficult years, you would have never known <laughs> at all. You wouldn't have known anything. I knew the people, maybe even, maybe even people super close to me, but nobody knew just like me. Nobody knew the way I knew. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of stigma behind that. And yeah, I'm just, you know, people people that are clueless have a picture in their head and, and you know, they're clueless. So yeah, that's a that's a big uh, that's a big one of those things that bothers me a lot. You know, the, the ignorance. How do you suppose we could uh, tackle those stigmas? I mean, doing what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, speaking. You know, I, you know, whether it's my page or you know, having opportunities like this with you, just speaking my story your story you know whoever you know i also feel that there's a handful of us willing to do that willing to speak but then there's 10 times more that you know whether they're not there yet or they're just not able to they don't you know i I have no problem you know speaking for someone that may relate to what i'm saying right now 
Um, and and if I'm willing to do that, why wouldn't I do that for someone else that needs to hear it? So, yeah, it's we're doing it right now. Of course, yes. Uh, do you have any words of encouragement for someone who has recently been hospitalized or is thinking of you know being hospitalized? I've heard, you know, how every hospitalization has different meaning or or different way of you approaching it. Mm-hmm. I think one of, for me, what was really helpful was I wasn't, I wasn't fighting it in the beginning. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't resistant the way I was at my last one. So typically, typically you say that it's the reverse. You know, more resistant in the beginning, more open. For me, I was the other. I was the other way around, and just to be open about it, you know, just it's hard to come to terms with that something's wrong. Um, but that's a tough one to tell someone that you need to look at it this way. That's tough for someone like me to tell me that. Um. Yeah, just really educating yourself, just doing research and reaching out to people. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a wealth of knowledge out there. You know, you, me, other people that do podcasts and just, you know, doctors, therapists, there's a lot out there. And I'm not saying to listen to everything. Um, I don't believe in just, you know, listening to every single you know, piece of knowledge that you come across, but, you know, you got to educate yourself. You know, you got to come to terms with that, you know, this is your life and this isn't going away, you know, and I think, you know, some in our community, that that's, that's a tough concept. Um, it's, you know, this is forever. That's the truth. You're going to be taking medication forever. You're the potential of being hospitalized Again, that's that's a real reality and just respecting what you have, like I said before, and, you know, super powerful and, you know, it's always, you know, wanting, always wanting to progress. And I feel like that's one of my strengths. You know, I'm just, you know, I want to be better, you know, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to use, you know, I'm not going to say that, you know, my diagnosis is holding me back, you know, yeah, it's a lot to it, you know, it affects a lot, but, you know, that's, I'm not going to use as, as a, you know, I can't do this because of that, you know, that's, that's, I don't feel like that should be a hundred percent of the time thing, so. Absolutely. Do you have, now do you have any words of encouragement for someone who's been going through bipolar disorder? I, I missed the first part. Do you have any advice or words of encouragement for someone who has been going through bipolar disorder? Just day by day. Um, I'll try to think back. You know, you for me, I don't know if you can relate to this, but like when I think back of like my darkest. And eventually you finally get out of that and you think to yourself, like, how the hell did I do that? Like, how did I crawl out of that? And 
I still really don't have an answer for all those years, you know, feeling the way that I did. And I, but I was really big with, you know, the day is over, you know, tomorrow's another day, even if I knew that was going to be a bad day, you know, and, and I guess that's something I could say is, you know, especially in those dark times, finding, finding the little things to look forward to, um, you know, it could be super small, you know, just getting off from work, going home, taking a shower or, you know, the football game's on in, in a few days and your team is playing just something. It could be so little, you know, always having something to look forward to, because if you don't, you know, that's, that's super, super dangerous. Um, so that's something I relied on. You know, again, don't know how I did it that long, but. You know, I did. And, and probably the other thing is something I've been doing a lot. Um, you know, if I'm feeling a certain type of way, just, uh, you know, I refer to it as just sitting in it. Just mm -hmm. sit in your mood, just sit in it. Don't try your absolute best not to overreact. You know, of course, you have to react a certain way on some things, but just not to get so flustered, you know, and. You know, w w wishing for the best in the sense that, you know, like for me recently, last week was a bad week for me. Um, I just woke up, you know, whether it was Sunday or Monday, feeling a certain type of way. And I had a really bad week, you know, but you just follow the course and, and coping skills and, you know, hopefully your work. And sometimes you have zero control. So. You know, just just writing it out. So that's, that's super easier said than done. But yeah, those would be my biggest things. Okay, thank you for sharing. Uh, we are coming towards the end of the episode. But before that, is there anything I might have missed out on that you wanted to talk about? Anything to elaborate? Um, no, we spoke about a lot. Um. Can't think of anything right now. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, this is this is forever, you know, and and I guess I was just I was just saying this to my wife. We were having a conversation, and uh, what I said was is that, you know, I've there's so many, you know, let's say low, medium, high. You know, the low end being depression and the high end being being mania. You know, I've worked so hard just to try to find the middle mm. um, and, you know, call it stability, whatever the case may be. And and that's that's a forever thing. You know, some days I'll, I'll be more toward the middle and other days I'll be on the opposite sides, the low end or the high end. But just trying to have more of those days in the middle and that's why i talk about just educating yourself and learning your triggers your routine and looking forward to things and yeah this is ongoing this isn't just you know you feel good one day and it's gonna last forever because the truth is you're gonna feel like crap you know whether it's the next day the next hour next week you know you just gotta gotta be ready for all of it the you know even for for me, super unpredictable, you know, at times. But I, you know, your loved ones, hopefully, you know, it's a support team on your side, your team. But, you know, you have to be ready for all that yourself in, in any moment. So it's, it's not easy at all, you know. So 
you know, I uh, I empathize with people going through a, a rough time right now because, you know, you, me, you know, we definitely know what that feels like. And the truth is that could be us next week. So, you know, it's it's a lot. So It is a lot. And with bipolar, you can just never know because sometimes the triggers are so unknown to you. You would never think that this is a trigger, but it turns out to be a trigger. And then you just go through some mood, episode, mood swings and it's just... Yeah, it's uh, it's lifelong, like you said, and uh, management is the key for it. Take your medications, take phototherapy, do the inner work because if you don't, then who will? And uh, yeah, it's, I had a wonderful time talking to you about it. It's such an inspiring. Appreciate it, likewise, likewise. Yes, uh, it's such an inspiring journey, and I hope it resonates with people and it reaches the to the right person and helps someone feel less alone. Thank you so much for your time and. Thank you so much for making it here and having this wonderful conversation. Um, and uh, yeah, I really appreciate you and I'm sending lots of love uh, your way. So, you know, I hope that it appreciate gets easier. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for everyone who listened to this episode. I hope it resonated with you and do share it with someone who might be going through bipolar, OCD or PTSD. Give them you know, words of encouragement, anyone who would benefit from this conversation. And um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. Andrew, where can people find you? Uh, so I, I really only mess around on uh, Instagram. Uh, my tag is bipolar underscore real talk. Um, yeah, that's my main, that's my main account right now. I really don't, you know, Facebook, anything else like that. But, um, yeah, just shoot me a follow. You know, I uh, like to, you know, throw a bunch bunch of different stuff out, you know, whether it's motivation, education, um, just really whatever vibing with me in the moment. Um, but, yeah, I try to, try to be different like everyone else out there. So yeah, be, shoot me a follow and, and we'll go from there. Yes, absolutely. I'll be linking Andrew's Instagram down in the description below to check it out to give him a follow. It produces some wonderful con uh, concept and uh, the content is really good and informative. I'm sure you'll like it. And um, yeah, uh, if you if you want to reach out to us, reach out to us on Instagram. It's at the rate beautifully about POD. You, uh, you can email us as well what you think about it. And uh, thank you for listening. I love you. See you in the next episode. Bye.